Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, September 26th edition, brought to you by DraftBeast.com and on it. Guys, go to DraftBeast.com. Have yourself a ball losing your ass, losing your money to me at Daily Fantasy. Go there, check it out, support the Fightful.com podcast. Also, on it, uh, you hear me talk about their great equipment, their apparel, their supplements. I take New Mood, Alpha Brain, and Shroom Tech on a regular basis, and I love it. About to start taking uh, some more of their supplements as I make that wrestling cut back down to 175, 170. Not doing those lower weights anymore, but on it's going to help me get there. Go to our podcast page, Fightful.com slash podcast. Click any of those podcast pages. You'll see that on it link. Click it. You'll open up just a, a treasure trove of sales, my friends, and you can support the show. Oh, tonight's Raw. Boy, they did have some competition. Monday Night Football, which I didn't watch. The debate, which I did watch. It was covered by our own Alex Palowski, who is joining us. And also joining us tonight is Trina. Trina, how the hell are you, my friend? I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm really excited to be on the show. <laughs> now, before we get started, tell the people a little bit where they can like follow you on Twitter as well as your podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I'm at the Marky Smart on Twitter. Um, and I co-host a podcast called The Last Mark Standing. Um, my partner's name is Dare to Be Damien at Twitter. And that's the number two, the letter B, Damien. Um, and we do The Last Mark Standing podcast. We, we talk about bigger issues um, outside of wrestling. So we, we take, you know, things like sexism and uh, steroids and all sorts of mental illness, like all sorts of big issue um, topics. And we, we sort of relate it to wrestling and, and show people how, you know, wrestling kind of fits in to everybody, everybody's everyday life. So when have steroids ever been in wrestling? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. know anything about that. <laughs> no Alex, <one> Alex, <laughs> I am pleased that you did not quit your job tonight. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm close. I'm thrilled. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch a lot of raw. Yeah. I mean, I watched the debate was the the primary thing that I watched, but I, I did watch all of Raw, but I didn't care about a lot of it. I'll say that much. They they came in well. They tried to come in hot. <laughs> <laughs> they tried. They start. They started off with Roman Reigns versus Rusev. Now, Alex, we talked about this last week. This is going to be a, a really interesting week to read the numbers that go into Raw. What did you think when you saw Roman Reigns versus Rusev kicking off Raw for the United States Championship? Well, I thought that they that they were thinking, well, hey, we're going to give you a reason to watch to watch Raw tonight instead of the other stuff because we're going to going to come in hot and show you Roman versus Rusev. Uh, but <laughs> they just had Roman come out and everyone started booing him. And it was like you don't you have no idea what your audience wants to see. Uh, and then the whole thing started out with it was just like it was just. Rusev putting him in a headlock or a bear hug or whatever. And it, it just didn't, it was so slow to start. Like 
uh, it was really, really boring for at least the first half of the match. Mm-hmm. And it was just not the way to get people invested in what was going on. Trina, what did you think of the match itself? I was really surprised at how long it went. Um, because, yeah, I, I agree with Alex. It definitely started out really slow. And then, you know, because I actually came in a little late. So I, I was fast forwarding a little bit. And I'm like, okay, no cold open. We're going to open with a match. So we're going to do this, you know, we're going to try and do this right. And, um, yeah, the beginning part was very, very slow. And then I'm like, wow, this is still going. I'm actually up to date. Like, I, I was able to come in to Raw at, like, 7.25 and, like, catch up by the time I got home uh, because it was just a really – and you can see it while I was fast-forwarding how slow and plotting the whole thing was. Listen to these central time zone jerks I have on this show <laughs> <laughs> that, aren't up, that aren't up until, like, 11, 11 10 watching Monday Night Raw. God. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't either. That is enough. <laughs> and, and the UFC has no mercy on us East Coasters. Not at all. <laughs> you know, the match went long. I didn't think it was the worst thing in the world. It never really is with Roman Reigns and Rusev. I like them both, but it's just a matter of caring. They, they did the double countout, so another non-finish that we get on a WWE, a big match in WWE. Roman Reigns... Uh, avoiding a chair shot by hitting the spear on Rusev. And then instead of attacking Rusev, he sets the chair down. And it's weird. I know he's not lazy, but when I saw it, I was like, you're just a lazy son of a bitch, Roman. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, no. What do you think they were trying to accomplish here, Trina, by just having him do this and then go and attack Rusev with the chair right after? So, yeah, well, the heat was pretty electric. I think Alex probably, you know, felt that too, because that Cincy crowd just really wanted that heel turn. Um, they were begging for it. Uh, so it's like the, the sitting down on the chair was just, uh, it was, it was uh, the theme of the night was a lot of like impotent rage. So I, I felt like when he sat down in the chair, I was like, oh, okay, here we go again. This is, uh, I don't know how, how I can like, can I say like bad words on this? I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but, you know, like, like it was, it was another blue ball moment. There were many blue ball moments yeah. throughout the show. And, and Roman taking the chair, teasing that he was going to hit him, and then finally sitting on it was just another blue ball moment in a series of blue ball moments in the night. Alex, uh, this show was 50 minutes from my front door, and I looked at the current state of of Raw, and I was like, you know, I was like, you know what? I think I'm all set. I think I'm all yeah. good on, on yeah. Raw. I don't, I don't think I'll go because before the show, I can't count the number of people. I well, I can probably a half a dozen people on my Facebook feed were giving away free tickets. Oh wow! To the show, either because they didn't want to go, or maybe maybe their company were giving tickets. I don't know. But any any lasting uh, lasting remarks in regards to this segment. Oh, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. The thing is, is that um, you had uh, Rusa, uh, Roman set the chair down and sit there and hold the belt up over his head. And then just as Rusev begins to stir from semi-consciousness and crawl out of the ring, acquiescing to defeat, then mm. Roman goes, oh, no, 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 you don't get off that easy, bub. And then he hits him with the chair. The man's a psychopath. He belongs yeah. in, in an institution somewhere. Like that's <laughs> in not, what world is he the good guy? Yeah, he is I'm, not the good yeah. guy. Like there's, I mean, he hit him in the back. That's the equivalent of you never shoot a guy in the back. Like that's basically what right. he did. He hit him with the chair in the back as he was leaving. And then did you notice that the look that Lana gave Rusev? Like, are they are they plotting another thing where they're gonna break up because Lana's not satisfied with the way her man fights or something. It was really, it just it made Rusev look so weak. And right. so just, you could, you could make that guy into the top heel in the entire business and they don't feel like it. They just want to make him look like a joke. Mm-hmm. That's been the common theme of Rusev's career for the last 12 months, unfortunately. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to collectively describe this Seamus Cesaro situation as it happened throughout the night because there's really not a damn reason to split it up. We had the in-ring segment where Seamus and Cesaro are, you know, they're confused about what happened. They're they're chirping back and forth uh, to each other in regards to how the match finished. 
Mick, as you wrote, Mick Foley tells the entire crowd to get in the ring and kiss his arse. He was not happy with people who weren't happy about the finish to uh, last night's match. Now, this is coming from a guy who I can't – so many times he whined and cried about the, the Daniel Bryan booking and the way that women were booked. It's weird. But, you know, now WWE's writing is – they're, they're, they're the ones that are signing his checks, so understandable, I guess. He calls Sheamus and Cesaro down to the ring. They argued a bunch. Mick Foley did what, what Alex, what we had predicted that he would do. He put them together to get a tag team title shot. Trina, were you surprised by this in any way? Shape, I actually, form? yes, I was. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't know that you guys had predicted that. Uh, but then, you, you know, watch the show more. Way, I do, I do watch the show. I, I totally do. I've been really busy. Um, but I totally didn't predict that. But then once it happened, it seemed, you know, so easy. Um, you know, because that's that's pretty much the WWE's mo is that uh, they do something and then we're like, once you they do it, you're like, oh, okay, I should have figured that out before. Um, I, I think you know, like I was really shocked about it, but I definitely feel at some point I, I tweeted out that I felt like they're trying to create another KO Sami Zayn situation with these guys, like they're hoping to like capture some of that fire. They had a backstage segment where the two were. Not happy, and they weren't happy in the ring either, but they weren't happy about it, and mm-hmm. Mick Foley went off on them, and I love this. I love this part, Alex. Um, it was one of those situations, and I've complained over the last several weeks about how sometimes when Mick Foley goes off on a tangent, it doesn't seem real, but it did seem real. It seemed like he really believed that these two guys would work better together than they were apart, and I loved where he said, I can't afford to have you two face each other because then I'll lose one of you two. I thought that was awesome. I thought it was realistic mm-hmm. because these guys do beat the living shit out of each other. They really, really do to the point to where they got this best of seven, at least the seventh match over to a certain degree over to the point to where people were upset that they didn't have a resolution. I thought Mick Foley did an awesome job here. I thought Seamus did an awesome job here. I thought Cesaro did an awesome job here. Mick Foley really led the two and they, they followed with their body language and things like that. Alex, does it get you a little more interested in a Cesaro Sheamus tag team? Yes and no. Uh, yes, mm. because I think they're doing it really well. No, because I'm cynical about why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. That Raw looks at SmackDown, sees an odd couple team of Slater and Rhino working and getting over so big on SmackDown and says, hey, let's put these two guys together who – have nothing better to do, and we'll make them into an odd couple tag team, just like it worked over there, it'll work over here. And that's not the reason to do it. Um, but I think it, it's working so well so far. Um, we'll get into the, the, their jobber match where I didn't think it worked. But the backstage thing with, with them and Mick worked really, really well, particularly because I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of the angle they're working with Mick Foley where he's in way over his head and, and really wants to keep this job, but he's not good at it. And he's trying so hard not to lose his shit because everything's come crumbling down around him. That's compelling to me. And this is kind of a part of that. And I liked the idea that he said, you know, mismatched tag teams can work. He stopped short of saying, remember me and The Rock? because that's what we were all thinking. And that's what Michael Cole had to say after the segment, but I wanted him to drop that in the moment. Uh, But there was a moment there backstage where it looked like uh, Cesaro and Sheamus looked at each other and said, hey, this could work. But then, of course, they had to do the thing where as they were walking to the ring, they have to be the one in front of the other one. It's like it's fifth grade humor, and I I, I can't can't watch any more of that on my Monday Night Raw anymore. Mm. Uh, So... I, I'm I am open to where this is headed, and right now I'm I'm, so I'm cautiously optimistic. Trina, what do you think about them teaming up and and their little jobber squashathon they had tonight? Oh, I I called it. Um, I actually said that the the greatest uh, way to prove your masculinity is just to have a pissing contest. So that's what I felt like this jobber match was. Um, I mean, I I agree with Alex. I definitely. I, I think there's chemistry there. The backstage segments really prove that there they could be something here. Um, but that match was a mess. Uh, I didn't like all the 
the like going back and forth and the showboating and things like that. And I don't even think, uh, I think Cesaro had a hard time um, trying to show that, oh, I'm trying to show you up, Seamus, but also selling as a wrestler at the same time, because I don't really feel like he was selling any of the, anything that was going on. Like he, he looked bored to me. Um, so that was part of the reason why that match like really didn't work. That All that chemistry that we saw backstage was gone. I would like if, if their, their natural competitive nature that these two have leads to them being a successful team, like they just take turns beating the living shit out of somebody more than the other one does, and that leads yeah. to their success. But unfortunately, here's why I don't know if they'll be a success. Demolition is a part of this, this lawsuit, oh. and New Day is at 400 days as tag team champions. That is 78 days shy of demolition, which would put them at about maybe a WWE roadblock in December, December 18th in Pittsburgh, I believe, mm-hmm. as maybe being when they could, the earliest they could lose it. Unless Mick Foley says, I'm not giving you this title shot until I feel that you are ready. And it's like a build up thing, which I don't think they'll do because a slow burn is not something that happens in, in a good way on this show. I don't know. I, cautiously optimistic i'll go with that as well uh either way by the way new day did retain their titles over gallows anderson i liked this match i thought it was fun uh kofi kingston jesus christ he got split open crimson mask Mm -hmm. here's something i worry about here on the show i have spoken out about kentucky their athletic commission and the way they do things, like being a pro wrestler in Kentucky is a pain in the ass. You have to get licensed. EC3 told me one time that he had to drive from Frankfurt or drive from Louisville to Frankfurt and get his license before he was allowed to take bumps to train. You have to get a wrestler's license before you take a bump to train to be a pro wrestler, which really defeats the purpose, in my opinion. They've got a lot of rules against blood. It's why Kentucky. It's why WWE won't run television in Kentucky because they would have to stop the match, uh, and they don't want that. They don't have. They can't afford to do that with live television nonstop. So my fear is that Kentucky saw this as they're getting pressure from Louisville and Lexington to to relax these rules, so Louisville and Lexington can make more money off of these events, and they're saying, "Well, we don't want that. We don't need that here." So WWE can just go to Indianapolis and Cincinnati, which they did the last two nights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I worry about that. I hate that because it makes my state mm-hmm. lose money. I hate that shit. Mm-hmm. I would much rather be able to drive to Lexington for Monday Night Raw than Cincinnati. No offense to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Either way, Trina, your thoughts on the match, your thoughts on the direction of Gallows and Anderson who came into the WWE with a lot of buzz mm-hmm. and now are just – couple of guys yeah no i mean uh it's it's been a little disappointing for a lot of people obviously people who followed them in new japan and um people that were excited for possibly a, a bullet club uh in the wwe obviously that's not happening anytime soon um and i think tonight everybody thought I, if you looked at twitter if you looked at uh the internet everybody thought that the new day was going to drop the belt tonight that tonight was the night that finally the club goes over they become the champions Um, And it didn't happen. Uh, I really felt like this match neutralized them even more than they've already been neutralized. And it made me feel like, okay, maybe they might actually give Sheamus and Cesaro a chance to have a run. Um, You know, because if we're going to just keep going with this New Day thing, uh, you know, I don't know. Let's, Let's go all the way. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, everyone thought that you know, Gal's Anderson were going to win tonight, but then again, everybody thought they were going to win last night. Last night, and the and the month before, and the month before that, all the way back to that uh, four way dance at Money in the Bank. Everyone was like, "Okay, so here's the time. We're going to get Guns and Gals are going to get their their shot here," and it's, it hasn't happened. And now, I mean, they're at the back of the line. I mean, Cesaro and Sheamus get the next shot. Who 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 are who are Gal's Anderson going after? Enzo and Cass. I mean, it, it, there's 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 only so because the the title picture is the new day and whoever the new day are facing, and that's it. Everybody else is several rungs below that. Uh, I don't know what they do from here. Um, I liked the thing they did for one uh, one day where they were. It was them and Dana Brooke 
Although that was a cool pairing, but I'm, maybe, you know, maybe Gallo's wife put a kibosh on that. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I thought that was dynamic. It was pretty cool. I liked the idea of Dana Brooke being this, you know, this muscular chick who's like a, a, a beefy valet for these dudes. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of stuff they can do with them, but right now I feel like when 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 the it runs its course, the WWE just kind of gives up on people for like a month and then comes with something new. So I don't know where they're headed. Mm-hmm. Bailey crushed a jobber. She was really bad. Um, the jobber was not Bailey. Yeah. This <laughs> reminds me of every independent female wrestler that somebody tells me I have to watch and then I go and watch and I'm like, why the hell did you tell me to watch this person? Um, <laughs> they have people on the roster at the performance center who are much, much better than whoever this, this woman was. No offense to her. Maybe she's new. Maybe she's just not that good. I don't know. I don't care, but she, she just wasn't that good. Bailey was fine. Of course, this was just a way of getting her on TV on a three hour show and Bailey's pretty fun. Yeah. Trina, your, your thoughts on the, the use of these jobber matches on Raw? We're seeing a hell of a lot more of them. Oh, yeah. No, and it, it's always surprising because, you know, like at first I think we, we thought there was going to be a theme here with um, uh, Nia Jax and Braun Strowman always fighting jobbers. That would have been awesome. But then they just kept throwing jobber matches in every once in a while, and now it's just, you know, like it's a surprise whenever it happens. Um, I think tonight – it definitely was used to to keep Bailey relevant, um, since you know the the main the main focus is on Charlotte and um, and Sasha Banks, and so like let's let's keep building Bailey up, um, you know. And then Nia Jax actually uh, tweeted, she's like, "Well, what about me?" And I was thinking the same thing. I was like, "Well, what happened to this?" Like, it would have been great if they had kept that trajectory going of Nia Jax destroying jobbers. Um, I would have loved that. I don't care. I'll get it for three months. I don't care. It, it would have been amazing. Alex, I got to ask you, were you disappointed that Bo Dallas didn't get a squash match tonight? I was. <laughs> uh, I continue to wait um, for my dream team of Bo Dallas and Braun Strowman together running a poetry <laughs> slam where uh, Bo Dallas teaches uh, Braun Strowman the finer points of verse. Uh, and then they team up like Master Blaster and squash a jobber tag team. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> until I get that, I will not be satisfied. Uh, I, w- I yeah, I missed both of them actually. Um, and by by the way, the Bo Dallas squash match last week, boy, the I do the YouTube rankings every week. That one was in the shitter. That yeah. one was real, like three hundred thousand views. It was real, real, real bad. Right, it was terrible. Because there's no conceivable direction for what they're doing with either of these guys. But at least Braun Strowman mm-hmm. has the novelty of being huge. And you know, saying "raw" a lot, but but, <laughs> but Bo is just Bo is a guy we've been trained to think of as a joke. So until you give us a reason to think that he's just he's not just squashing, I mean, to me, it feels like they're building him up to feed him to somebody. Now that might be Braun, it might be Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the Roman's going to need um, you know people to fight who aren't Rusev, and that might be one of them. Um, but yeah, they don't have, they don't have a direction. Braun is, Braun has been doing this squashing stuff since right after, since the Monday after the, uh, the draft and he hasn't appeared on pay-per-view yet. Like uh, I'm not on a pre-show, like having well, Enzo, and Cass, Enzo and Cass were in the main event tonight and they, they weren't even on pay-per-view yesterday. So right. it was, it's, it's a very odd thing that like all is a lot of stop and go, uh, storylines. Mm-hmm. So. We had this segment with Mick Foley and Stephanie, and it was it was weird because it was good, but it would have been really, 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 really good if it didn't happen, like, all the damn time. Like, if she didn't just run everybody down all the time. If this were, like, a, like a rarity and that she ran Mick Foley down, it would have been really awesome. I still think it was good, but it, was, it would have been really awesome if this didn't happen all the time. Mick confronted Stephanie about Triple H showing up in that cameo. But not showing up, by that cameo, I mean after Clash of Champions, he asked her how everything went, and she said, good, yada, yada. And they rode off in a limo together. And Mick says, uh, you know, Mick questions that. And Stephanie, as you put, Alex, runs him down for being terrible at his job (laughs) and said that she made me feel sorry for Mick Foley. Alex, she did make me feel sorry for Mick Foley. And lately, 
it it's been weird because it's not been easy to feel bad for Mick Foley. Right. Right. It, it feels um, like he gets what he deserves, but not not in this segment. It made it did make me feel bad for him. Like the whole thing with with Mick is that he is he is objectively horrible at being a general manager, but we still love Mick Foley. And even if we go, hey Mick, you're bad at your job, uh, there's still the thing where where you know when he likes to see this guy get completely run down by Stephanie. And the thing was that none of the things that she was saying were wrong, really. She was just saying them in a Stephanie McMahon tone, which we all hate. So it was, it was, uh, it was very effective. And I agree with you in a vacuum. This is a great segment. Great, not good. Great. But taken in context of the fact that this happens twice a show, every show on Monday, this is just a really good version of that. And all the other ones before have kind of soured me on this. It's like, you know, Stephanie McMahon is, you know, the girl who cried emasculation. Like, <laughs> it, eventually, it's just not going to mean anything anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, even when she does it really, really well, uh, we've seen you do it before, Steph, to this guy every week. And now it's like it's not, it's not important anymore. But this can start the trend of something really building for him. Like him just muttering, I'm sorry to her as he like slowly backs out of the room. It crushed me. I felt really Mm. bad for him. So where are you going to go with this? Are you going to have this like be a one-off thing and forget all about it next week? Probably. Well, here's the thing. Let's see. In order to pay it off, he's either got to do worse at his job or he's got to do really good at his job and him doing really Mm -hmm. good at his job would require the show to maybe be good. Mm. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it would require <laughs> Roman Reigns to stop giving gift opportunities, and yeah, it would just yeah. be yeah, it would, yeah. Who knows? You know what Roman Reigns reminds me of, guys? He reminds me of the guy who never moved on from high school. He still has the Shield music oh. and the Shield gear, and he does all the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's we the all uncle know from Napoleon, people. Uncle from Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> toss a pigskin over yeah. them their mountains and. <laughs> You know, if Vince had started him in the WWE Championship picture all along, things sure would be different. Well, he tried, yeah. and he failed. <laughs> Trina, your, your thoughts on Stephanie McMahon. Uh, this segment in particular, mm-hmm. uh, how's Saddle Mick going for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it hit me in the gut, too. Because we, we all love Mick. Obviously, we don't like seeing him being put in this position. And I think uh, – compared to the other segments where he was featured tonight, it just all was lumped together and just made him look really like the sad, tragic figure. I mean, he was ineffective all night, pretty much. Um, And Stephanie yelling at him just sort of the icing on the cake for that. Um, Which, I mean, you know, if if this was going to be going in the right direction, I'd like to see Mick turn it around because we all know he's a genius. He's a New York Times bestselling author. I mean, he's capable of turning a show around, um, whether they can go in that direction. Who knows? I, I don't have a lot of faith. Um, but I also find it really interesting that in the other room of my house, uh, the debates were going on. And so to have Stephanie and Mick going at it on my TV screen and sort of hearing what was going on during the debates, uh, I found that really interesting. That like the fact that they, they chose to use a segment like this on a night like tonight. We had a couple of uh, cruiserweight matches as well. We had Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan versus Lince Dorado and Drew Gulak, which some of these names were surprising. And Tony Nice, who did fantastic against TJ Perkins. Now, the Perkins, Nice, when my, my, my city of Cincinnati really let me down with the CM Punk chance. Mm-hmm. I thought this was one of the better cruiserweight matches I've seen on the main roster thus far. Unfortunately, if you bring them in cold, you don't really – you can show them two two-minute little – or like maybe one-minute little clips, but, you know, maybe build these guys up. Maybe do something. Just – it's such a cold intro. It's such a really, really cold intro, Trina. What did you mm-hmm. think of the cruiserweight action, the, the decision to bring in some of these guys who didn't know were going to have anything to do with mm-hmm. the main roster? Yeah. And, well, are was- you, and are you excited to see maybe some other people that we don't – Noah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I was super, super into the Cruiserweight Classic. And I, you know, I've met a lot of these guys at indie shows. And so this is a really exciting time if you are a smaller uh, indie wrestler. And uh, I was a little disappointed that they ended up pairing up Rich Swan and Cedric Alexander. Both of those guys, I think, can stand on their own. Um, it was cool to see, you know, tag Cruiserweight action. I think that 
match was received a lot better than um, TJ and uh, Tony Nice. And so, you know, I, that was exciting, but I was disappointed because I want to see them in singles action and I want, I want them both to sort of, you know, rise to the occasion. Um, with Tony Nice and, and TJ Perkins, so two things here. Uh, I agree with the, the cold, the cold introduction is really harsh for them because Tony Nice is fantastic. Um, and there's just no, there's, you know, there's no context or anything. He just shows up. Um, and I feel like they, they're, they're really sort of weakening TJ um, as the second week as, as like the champion um, with, with having Brian Kendrick backstage. And, and he didn't look that strong tonight against Tony. Tony needs to look fantastic. Uh, and so I, I made a comment. I was like, you know, TJ Perkins is almost comical at this point. He's like, he's almost like the Cam Newton of the WWE. It's like, you know, he's talented, but like, you can't take him seriously. And it, it was, it was a little weird. Um, I don't know what they're doing with him, what the direction they're going to go, but um, I don't think they booked him to look very strong tonight. I don't think they booked a lot of the cruiserweight division to look right uh, mm -hmm. as of yet. Alex, I know you covered the cruiserweight classic. Uh, oh, your, your thoughts on this and the surprise of bringing in a Tony Nese, uh, Dorado and Gulak. Well, uh, Dorado was on uh, was on main event last week. He had a match with Rich was Swan. He? Yeah, they're, they're, you would they're, know that I would. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I cover it. So, but it was it, for anybody who has uh, Hulu. Uh, go, I suggest go to main events. The first first match of the night, uh, you know, ten minutes long. It's good. Uh, Swan and Dorado really good together because they tag together for a while, uh, so they know each other's stuff and can really work together. Um, but Dorado was uh, has been here, but it's the first time on Raw. Uh, it was weird to see him paired with Gulak. Like, I would think Gulak and Nice would be a great tag team together. They have a similar kind right. of, uh, you know, aesthetic to them. They're just guys who mm -hmm. don't screw around, uh, which is cool. Uh, Dorado, I think, is, uh, would pair really well with Swan because they both like to have fun. As, as basically, that is the only thing, the characteristic of Rich Swan when they introduce him. He sure does like to have fun, <laughs> which is a great way to bury your cruiserweight division. Um, <sighs> but the whole thing is uh, that these guys could get over, but I feel like the raw viewership uh, as a whole doesn't trust it because they've been taught over years of watching raw that little guys don't matter. Even the guy that they got behind who was a little guy, Daniel Bryan, they were still force fed over and over and over and again. He's, he's not, he's not worth your time. He's a B plus player. So if Daniel Bryan is a B plus player, then uh, what do we have here for these guys we've never seen before? Um, yeah, and TJ Perkins is not being booked well. Uh, it, they're really making it look like Brian Kendrick is the star of the division, and it's only a matter of time before he winds up with the belt. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of distressing. I mean, the CM Punk chance just really hurt my heart. Like these people need to just allow for the uh, let it let let what they're doing affect you. And for the most part, the only one who's really getting a reaction consistently is Cedric Alexander, and with good reason. He's amazing, and uh, I think they can figure out a way of really making him shine, allowing him more time to do stuff. And I think he might be the one who can save this. But other than that, I'm not really sure. We lost Trina for a moment there, but uh, yeah, guys, I want. Back. I wanted to take a minute to tell you all, go to Fightful.com, register absolutely free for the site. You'll get access to our forums, which are being overhauled. Columns from Showdown Joe and Vince Russo. Vince Russo does a raw blog for us every week. Showdown Joe is chronicling his time at Ryzen this weekend, as he did color commentary. Also, he's doing a, a column on Chris Cyborg, the 145 women's division, if it should or should not be in the UFC. You'll get access to those with a free Fightful.com membership. Also, early access to podcasts with myself and Vince Russo and Matt Riddle. Those go up uh, 
Thursday or Friday. Some of you are wondering where they are on YouTube. For the first couple, two or three days, we have them exclusive to members only on Fightful.com. So go there, register absolutely free. You don't need a credit card or anything of that nature. But uh, you get those absolutely free and exclusively, like I said, for the first couple of days. You also have exclusive backstage news. I did a report on TNA Wrestling today. Their talent wants Billy Corgan to own the company. I talked to six or seven people backstage from, I'm talking like employees, talents, all kinds of people. Dixie Carter is liked backstage, but they want Billy Corgan running that place. You'll also get uh, at Fightful.com more live viewing parties than any other website on the internet. I'm talking everything on Fight Pass, uh, everything from UFC, Bellator, Ryzen, TNA, Ring of Honor, WWE, NXT. We're doing uh, Ring of Honor All-Star Extravaganza Friday, TNA Bound for Glory Sunday, UFC Portland on Saturday. Lots of stuff. You'll get Alex Pawlowski's reaction articles five to seven podcasts a week, financial analysis, our monthly Wikipedia true or false with a uh, wrestling MMA or boxing personality and exclusive interviews with the likes of Cyborg, Chael Sonnen, Daniel Cormier, CM Punk, Muhammad Hassan, EC3, former NFL star turned boxer Ray Edwards. Lots of cool shit at Fightful.com, you guys. (laughs) Please join us. The main event segment, well, it was prefaced by – Seth Rollins encountering Mick Foley backstage. Mick Foley says, don't get involved. Rollins says in, in not these words, but tells him to buzz off. We get the highlight reel between Jericho and Owens. These two guys, Alex, are just great together. I love these two together. They're yeah. wonderful. They really are. Like, I mean, they can make uh, shooting the breeze about uh, a TV into must-watch uh, segment. Uh, it's it's uh, $6,500 five years ago, which is great that it's a five-year-old television and that it was that <laughs> expensive then. Uh, it's a great little details. Uh, those guys are great together. I really, I, I, I love it. I think that it's, I, everyone seems to be waiting for one of them to turn on the other one. I hope they never do. I hope they yeah. never do. As long as Jericho's still around, I hope that he and Owens are best buds. I, I, <laughs> I hope I hope it I hope it gets I hope it gets into like stepbrothers territory where they're like making nachos <laughs> together and playing the drums. I I, I think that they're doing they're, karate in the basement. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I, but I, I I really love everything they do together, and it was it was uh, all of their stuff. Their taunting kind of feeds into one another. It's great. I don't. There's later in the match. There's a point, there's a point where where uh, Jericho's working over Enzo. Uh, and and uh, Owens yells, "Make him drink it," which is just <laughs> a ridiculous thing to say, but so perfectly Kevin Owens. <laughs> Alex, you definitely made this show in, in covering it much better than it actually was. We had <laughs> we had Enzo and Cass come out. They they tossed around like it's it's weird. I mean, the gay jokes that they do. They they well, here's here's the weird thing. They accused Jericho of being Santa Claus, and Jericho says, maybe I am. Maybe I'll sit on your lap. When the hell has Santa Claus ever sat on a kid's lap, (laughs) and why the hell is that okay? Why isn't that the question that we're asking here? It's – I don't get it. Trina, this is – you know, you all tackle stuff like this on on your show. Mm -hmm. Uh, The gay jokes, the shots and stuff, and I mean – yeah. With Enzo and Cass, it maybe it doesn't seem as aggressive or offensive, but it still set, speaks a lot to the man making the final calls that this kind of stuff is still what is relied on. This right. and like ball jokes and poop jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, you know the the heteronormative uh, jokes that that Vince McMahon tends to love. Um, I thought it was interesting that they they put it right at the end of the show. I mean, because. I didn't expect Enzo and Cass to come out, um, and they didn't, and they just came out and made some gay jokes. And, you know, it, it's, it's problematic, um, you know, and, and there are people in the, the wrestling internet uh, community who are covering uh, these subjects and trying to tackle it. I think uh, the more that we talk about it, because I think that's probably the, the best way to, um, to explore a subject like this, uh, is, is really the best thing to do. I mean, you know, we cover it on our show a lot. 
I think other shows should cover it because we have a lot of, you know, progressive people in, in the internet wrestling community um, who, who aren't very happy with it. I think Vince is pretty much the only one at this point who's still laughing. So it's like, you know, let's, let's talk about it. Let's bring it up. Uh, and hopefully, like, as the new generation of uh, fans comes up, we have less of that. Enzo and Cass lost the match. I'm okay with them losing the match because in storyline, these two guys have never been a really great tag team. No, they lost, never, they lost the Shining Stars twice. Yes. Of course they lost <laughs> like, They've yeah, never no, been a good tag not, team. They are not to be taken seriously at this moment in their career. <laughs> Later they will be. Right now, no. So, yeah. And I think, to, I think, I think all this them. goes into it. I think yeah. this losing streak really plays into that because – Maybe they're the ones that unseat the New Day eventually, but I think eventually Enzo has to start doubting himself publicly. And maybe, like I've said before, he's the one that eventually gets the hot tag and he's the one kicking all the ass. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's maybe a direction that, that they go, but you have to play on the emotions because I don't want to say that concussion was a good thing that happened to him, but that all, that per, like perpetuated the the – the image that Enzo was weak, that Enzo is – what's the word I'm looking for? Fragile, that he's fragile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he gets his ass kicked yeah. all the time. He's always the one getting pinned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only time Cass has been pinned is in that championship match. So, Alex, do you think they're ever going to pay this off or are they just going to try to use these two? Like they, they have done before with people, these really popular guys to get people over that they want over on the heel side. Uh, I think eventually it'll pay off. I don't, I don't know when eventually is. I don't think it's anytime soon. Uh, certainly not the way they're booking them right now. Um, but I think they will. Remember, their, their whole deal in NXT was that they never got the championships. Their whole deal was they got really close a bunch of times and never quite made it over the hump. Um, I always thought that, the, that they were eventually going to in NXT before they got called up, but they never did. So here, I think they can run the same, the same gambit. They can do the same thing here on the main roster, where they, where they keep getting shots and they keep getting close. They're always entertaining. You can bring them out to get the crowd hot whenever you want. Um, but they, they're not going to be taken seriously uh, until they're in a meaningful feud. Um, I like the idea that they can always be a foil for, for Jericho as long as they're around. If you need somebody just just to bring out that they have an established relationship, they've fought each other in the past, uh, so they can actually be this thing that they can bring out um, whenever you need them to uh, to have something for uh, Jericho to deal with. We have some questions before we finish up on Raw. Now, did we, we we missed a segment there. What did we, we miss? We missed Charlotte coming out and celebrating her title. And Sasha coming down, and you know, they, long, long story short, we get it. We get a women's title match next week in uh, Sable Center. But uh, I, I did think that that Charlotte's promo was really, really good. She's mm-hmm. getting better on the mic every week, and mm-hmm. she's she's dealing with the people really well. Like when, mm-hmm. like, excuse me, peasants, you can quiet down. Yeah. <laughs> really good stuff. And and yeah. Dana didn't get in the way. She she wasn't she was just there, which was nice to see. Um, we can talk if you'd like about the rumor that they're going to push Dana Brooke as the top babyface on Raw, which kind of makes me just want to put a gun in my mouth. I mean, I, I was told just, just I can't believe that they would do that. But I'm I was I'm told that's, that's not accurate. By the way, I was told that's not please. true. Very very Thank happy God. to hear that because as soon as I heard that, <laughs> I sent I sent a message to. Uh, the two people that I know that would know. And the two responses I got were, I really don't think so. And I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Trina, what do you, what do you make of uh, Charlotte's improvement on the mic? Oh, she's, I, she really does. She keeps getting better and better every week. And for me, I've noticed just how she's completely morphed into Rick at this point. Um, not just, you know, like her mic skills haven't just gotten better, but even like the way that she carries herself in the ring, the way that she performs certain moves, um, she's completely Rick at this point. And the fact that she's been able to reach that that level um, so early, I guess, in her career is, is pretty amazing to me. Because um, we all sort of know that she's already this natural athlete. Obviously, she, she looks amazing. Um, but I think 
her improvement from when she was brought up to the main roster to now has been amazing to watch. She's just really fantastic. I thought she was great on the mic tonight. Um, I agree. Every week she gets better and better. Uh, if you asked people maybe a couple months ago, they, they'd probably say she's a little wooden on the mic. It's a little unnatural. Um, and she just kept going. And now it's like she's queen. I mean, it's, she's gold on the mic right now. Somebody asks, wonder where they're going with Nia Jax as uh, a monster woman superstar. Uh, I think me and Alex tackled this last night. I think mm. in the near immediate, uh, in, the, in the immediate future, probably something with, with Sasha. I wouldn't mind seeing it, whether it's for the title or not. Trina, where, where do you think this is going? Uh, well, I was, I was hoping they were going to keep going with the Nia Jax and the squash matches. Um, it, you know, like I know we all like, uh, we love crazy, um, crazy, uh, I'm blanking on her name. Alicia um, Fox. Yeah. Alicia Fox. Alicia yeah. Fox yeah. We like to see crazy Alicia Fox, but I, I feel like that sort of derailed that train. Um, because I really wanted to just keep seeing Nia squashing people every week, um, and building her up to be this, you know, actually I would have, I would have been fine, you know, as her being the, the female Roman Reigns, you know, like shove her down our throats. Like I would, I want to see it. I, I think, um, she needs some of that experience. And so it really sort of derailed this train by, by giving her Alicia Fox. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people, I've been seeing a lot lately on online, people have been um, fantasy booking, you know, that when Tamina comes back, that Nia Jax and Tamina get together and they, they form like a, a power tag team. So it's a little disappointing. There was a really great opening that they could have had for her tonight when Bailey was like, I don't know what my journey holds for me now. I, I, I thought for sure I was going to hear Nia Jax's music. And like, you just, like the, a missed opportunity. you just squashed a jobber. That's my job. Now I'm going to have to squash mm. you. Like something like that yeah. was just right there. And they, I was, I don't know if they should have done it, but they definitely could have. And it was kind mm -hmm. of maybe a missed opportunity there. Well, then you got to beat one of them mm -hmm. or, or maybe not given WWE's recent trend. Maybe you don't cause nobody loses. Right. Somebody says, do you all think that the WWE would ever consider going all network exclusive due to the downward trends in ratings? No, there's zero chance of that. There's too much money on TV. Also, they'd have no way to promote the network. So we'll move on past that. How would you make Anderson and Gallows good again? Well, there was a guy named AJ Styles who did a good job, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, breaking, breaking them up was very odd. It, feel, it felt odd in the moment. It feels worse every week. Because he is, he is attached to a rocket on SmackDown. And these guys are wearing concrete shoes and drowning in the East River. They mean, meanwhile, mm -hmm. on SmackDown, you have the Usos who, if they were on Raw and they had this heel interaction, they had this heel turn, they could have those mm -hmm. backstage interactions with Roman Reigns, maybe encourage him, things of that nature. You'd have that. I always loved the idea of, of a heel bloodline, that, that name they gave the three of them together would be really great of just these Samoan guys just, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. waxing people, you know, and, and not even, not even mm -hmm. caring about it. I think that would be a really great thing. So, yeah, missed opportunities all across mm -hmm. the board. Trina, how do you, what would make you yeah. interested in these two guys again, Gallows and Anderson? Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how much of um, the separation with AJ Styles was due to the fact that they, they had Finn Balor. You know, like, I feel like a lot of storylines have changed now due to Finn's injury. So, you know, who knows? Because, uh, you know, they teased it. They, they teased it a little bit. All four of them were in a backstage segment at one point. Um, and so, you know, I think, sadly for Anderson and Gallows, with, with Finn out, you know, there's no real clear direction there. Because, I mean, say Finn, Finn was still there. You could tease that till WrestleMania if you wanted, you know? And so... That's that's the bad thing for those guys, and then they're so talented, and so we'll, you know, we'll see. There, there seems like there could be a lot of flip flopping going on between the brands, so maybe we, we get something like that. Who knows? Somebody asks if people who want Roman to turn heel are sadists because it's generally, generally going heel means they'll fling insults at the crowd, so it's a bit backwards, right? Not necessarily. It's just a matter of shaking things up, making yeah. things a little more interesting. Mm. Uh, somebody asked, what do you think the WWE needs to do to ensure the cruiserweights stand out and uh, not get lost in the shuffles? They basically work the same high-flying style as the majority of the roster in 2016. Trina, your thoughts? Uh, I, would, I would, first of all, not 
keep putting them in the third hour of Raw. <laughs> Let's uh, maybe have an opening segment with them, something. I mean, because I, I feel like at this point, the last couple of weeks, the third hour has been reserved for the cruiserweights and the women. Um, and it's like, what, you know, what is that supposed to mean? Uh, so I, I'd like to see them, you know, really put more of a spotlight on the cruiserweights, um, give us more of an introduction to certain people. I mean, there are coming into the WWE and, and people, you know, should know a little bit of their background or even, even show a little bit of the cruiserweight classic show, um, you know, what they did in, in during that tournament. I mean, it's tough. I, I feel like they've been, they, they, Tease the cruiserweights for so long, and then they just shoved them in the third hour. It's you know into no build, a no build. Yeah, the, the only build are those videos. Yep. Uh, Trina seven 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 wants to know what you think about Paige. Oh, Paige. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. a good start. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I I don't know what the real news is because I I thought that like she was she had her own lawyers and she was. And then I heard she was. Oh, she uh, does. And she, she does still, have her own lawyers. She's, she's still employed by WWE. Are they on good terms? Yeah, absolutely. She's still employed by WWE. I wouldn't say good terms, but mm-hmm. they're not firing her, and she's not getting out of her deal right now. If she really fought mm-hmm. it, she could, but it would mm-hmm. take a lot of money, money that CM Punk and Alberto Del Rio have. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe Del Rio wants to share some of that with her. She's got plenty of money, but money mm-hmm. to fight that when she could just get paid to, to do her job. She was backstage again tonight, but I mean, it mm-hmm. seems like she wants to keep going. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's tough. I keep getting conflicting news and um, yeah, as a woman, I keep seeing weird pictures of her looking um, like really gaunt and skinny and, you know, because everybody wants to feed these, these rumors about Del Rio being like a drug pusher and all this different stuff. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't know what to believe. Um, I wish her the best. I think she's super, super talented. I mean, when she came in, uh, you know, and I looked at her background, I saw that her, she came from a family of wrestlers. I saw it in her ability. Um, she's clearly naturally talented. Um, and so it's just, I hope we can get it sorted out because, you know, the last time something was sort of up in the air like this was, you know, like with Ryback or any of the other guys that just sort of drifted away. Perfect transition. Yay. Time for the great news of the day. <laughs> Ryback announced on the radio today that he has been in negotiations with Bellator MMA. Hot damn. Oh, God. Okay, so Ryback, I don't know how much he weighs legit. I have no idea how much he weighs legit. I don't know if he would fight at heavyweight or super heavyweight. Here's the thing, you guys. Bellator would absolutely sign him, and I sp- – oh, my God. I I spoke to so many people. I was looking for somebody to tell me this news wasn't real. I was hoping that yeah. somebody would almost <laughs> say, no, he's not. But, no, he is, and he's very serious about it from what I understand. If he fights at super heavyweight, guys, here's the thing. He stands a real chance at doing well because – there are not a lot of super heavyweights over 265 pounds mm-hmm. that are good, that are athletic, mm-hmm. that are anything. Most that are in Bellator. <laughs> that are, yeah, well, they'd have to bring somebody in for him. They don't even employ super heavyweights. Alex, your thoughts when you heard this news? What was your reaction? Because I know what my reaction was, and it was, and I quote, what in the shitting fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just I just love the idea of Ryback right just saying, well I'm a big guy so uh, I'm gonna crush everybody <laughs> you know like he this the idea of him like he might as well just like you know just hang out on the street corner and you know, like you know you pay me twenty bucks to fight if you win you get double your money like he just wants to fight somebody it's <laughs> it just seems he's like so. I don't know. Ryback just seems like he's he just he wants just to be taken seriously in some way. This whole thing about how big guys aren't treated well in WWE. And I, mean, I, I, just I don't know where he, where he's coming. You, you think uh, he'll try to fight with his with his gloves and his forearm yeah. pads oh, and his elbow yeah. pads his, and his, his arm his, pads and his knees and his shin pads and his his ankle braces <laughs> and his. His thigh tape and his, his neck brace. Ninja, ninja turtle. I hope he wears, I hope he wears that, 
ridiculous Ryback beanie to the ring. Yes, too. yes. <laughs> the Ryback beanie. The Ryback beanie was my favorite piece of merch for a while. Oh, man, that was ridiculous. Trina, I know you were excited to share your thoughts about oh, Ryback in Bellator. So, so actually, the my first reaction was, um, and if you listen to our podcast, you know how I feel about Ryback. I feel like he's a ridiculous individual. Um, but my first reaction when I saw that news come up was, this is so Bellator. I mean, it's just yeah. like, it, it is a freak show over there. Um, you know, this is the same company that brought you um, Kimbo, rest in peace, and Dada, and I thought I was watching, like, two people kill each other in the keep, ring. I mean, or, keep in mind, well, no, technically, you did see they did Kimbo kill, each kill other, Dada. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. died Dada in the died. ring, and then later, and Kimbo back. died. So you did right. watch I mean, people it, kill each other. It was, it was really a very, very low point, and I've been an MMA fan now for, for more than 10 years, and just to see that, um, you know, and to, to think, you know, Kimbo passing on after that, it's just like, it's a freak show over there, Bellator. And so when I saw that news, I was like, yep, this is a, this is a perfect match, actually, you know, between it crazy is. and freak show. And um, the sad thing is, is that you do have some actual good talent that is over there. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen to them. People like Rory McDonald and Benson Henderson, um, you know, Josh Thompson. Michael Chandler. Yeah, tons of guys. Yeah. Hopefully I mean, they, they can use they these pretty- guys to promote those guys. But it wasn't like that. Like when they did the Kimbo Dada fight, they also did Gracie Shamrock that night. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh God. okay, why, why aren't you showcasing Mike Chandler? Why aren't you showcasing Pitbull or Daniel Strauss? Why aren't you uh, showcasing – uh, Andre Koreshkov or somebody mm-hmm. like that. They don't do that. They got to do yeah. that. Yeah. No, it's it's problematic that uh, that UFC's only real competition um, is 80% freak show and like 20% actual talent. So, Alex, you think they're going to book him against Ron H2O Waterman? Do you remember him? <laughs> I, I, I don't remember Ron H2O. You don't remember him? He was in that OVW class with like <laughs> – Orton, Lesnar, Sheldon, and and it was like him and Rico were the two that didn't pan out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And and also, respect, also best wishes to Rico. He's uh, in bad health. But he and Rico were the two, like if you look up all those dark matches from like 2002, you'll see a mixture of Sheldon, Orton, Cena, Lesnar, and then like Rico and Ron Waterman are just tossed in there. Ron (laughs) Waterman did a lot of MMA, I think. I feel like he fought on the first ever show that uh, Brock Lesnar fought on. I yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. So I watched that on one of those old hot box illegal, <laughs> you know, things. But he hasn't fought since 2008. But he was 16-6-2 in MMA. Well, but he's, he's like 50 now. So they might bring him <laughs> in because it's Bellator. <laughs> Bob Sapp, he's free? I think, I think they, they should do a thing where uh, they do an invasion thing for uh, Ryback into TNA and have him mm. Lashley on, in both places. In oh. Bellator and TNA would be kind of fun. They could do it, oh. but man, Bobby Lashley would beat the hell out of, of him. Course, of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would have to be like the second match, you know? <laughs> the one, the one that where, you know, have the first one end in the schmaz in the, in the, uh, the impact zone. And then the impact zone in Bellator would actually just be the zone of Ryback's face. <laughs> Guys, I will have more information on Ryback to Bellator soon. Of course, Showdown Joe and I will talk about that Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow night, I am on with Jeff Hawkins of Shake Them Ropes. We wanted to get into some more stuff tonight. Unfortunately, we're a little short on time. But uh, then uh, Wednesday, Showdown Joe. Thursday afternoon, Matt Riddle. Friday afternoon, Vince Russo. Then, of course, we have our weekend shows talking all those happenings as well. Uh, register for Fightful.com to get early access to those Matt Riddle and Vince Russo shows. Trina, before we go, tell the people where they can find your podcast, where they can find you on Twitter. Yes, they can find me at lastmarkstanding.com. That's our website, so that has our entire library. Um, and I'm at the Marky Smart on Twitter. Lastmarkstanding.com. We, we have merch coming out this week, so keep, keep an eye out on the website. Saw that. You got some limited edition hats. Yes. Exactly. I'm going to a couple shows. So, uh, Des Moines. You're going to all the damn shows. I'm going shows. to all the shows. So, yeah, Des Moines, and then there's a show in Kansas City this, this Saturday. So, those two cities are 
are getting the privilege of being the first two to see the hats in person. So they can It's election you. season, so I'm ready for you to yeah. break out into like a Howard Dean and be like, I'm going to Kansas City. I'm yeah. going to New York. <laughs> yeah. Alex, tell the people about what you do at Fightful.com as our lead reporter and a columnist. Yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I do uh, live coverage for Raw and Lucha Underground, and then I have three reaction pieces that come out every week. Well, four, if you count my uh, mess roundup, that sounds for main event and superstars roundup, that comes out every Monday. Uh, but then uh, I have uh, the Uncooked Raw reaction, the SmackDown react down, and the midweek wrestling wrap-up. Uh, the last, the M triple dub, that takes place, uh, that uh, covers uh, Lucha Underground, NXT, and TNA, and that comes out before the weekends. Uh, you can follow me on, uh, on Twitter, at Pawlowski the Fourth. that's P-A-W-L-O-W-S-K-I-T-H-E, the numeral four, T-H. And a little special news from me in the real world, uh, my wife and I just found out we're having a baby girl. Hot damn! Late, late January, early February. So I'm looking forward to that. Woo! Congratulations, my awesome. friend. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Fightful Online. Of course, check Fightful.com all day, every day. Your your leader in MMA, wrestling, and boxing news. We do two to three dozen, usually at least three dozen news updates every day, all throughout the day. You won't go more than a half an hour or an hour without a new news update. Uh, share us on Facebook, in Facebook groups, on Twitter, Reddit, all that stuff. Let people know about us. Your support is very vital to our success. I want to thank you all again so much. And until tomorrow night, we are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.